0: What a weekend it was. I mean, we had turkey, we had friends, we had family, we had a whole lot of football. And that's exactly what we are going to dive into first thing right here on Outkick the Morning. So stay tuned because the show starts right now. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to it. It is Monday. It is the Monday after Thanksgiving. I know all of us are dragging just a little bit more than usual. I think that's always the case after a holiday weekend, but I'm happy to have you here with me. Welcome to Outkick the Morning. I'm Charlie Arnold. Uh, I just want to recap my weekend for just a quick second. I had a fantastic Thanksgiving. Uh, I spent mine in sunny Florida, which if you are in the Northeast, you would be very jealous because it is very cold up here. It was the opposite in the South. I got some sun. I got lots of good food. I ate Italian food on Thanksgiving, which for me, as an Italian woman... Honestly, I couldn't have asked for anything better. I'm not so much of a turkey person. People might come for me on that that, that bold take, but I said it. I'm not a turkey person. I think Thanksgiving should be comprised of pasta and steak every single year. Anyways, I hope all of you had a very special time, a very lovely time with your friends and family. But now let's get right into the thick of things. And I've got a question for all of you. Did you all see the crowd go absolutely bananas when Trump entered Williams Bryce Stadium in South Carolina ahead of the Gamecocks big rivalry game against Clemson on Saturday? Hell yeah, the crowd absolutely erupting in cheers. And I think it is clear at this point that whether it's a football game in South Carolina or Iowa or even a UFC event in very blue New York City, people love 45. And I know some of you will say, so what? It's a sporting event. Well, that's exactly why it does matter. Sports events are breeding grounds for people of all ages, all backgrounds, and all ethnicities. It's an excellent sample size, really, of all different types of voters. So when you hear cheers as deafening as this when Trump walks in, it means something. And the polls, they absolutely reflect that. And I would love, I would love to see if Joe Biden entered a stadium like this and heard the exact same type of reception. My best guess is he would not. Uh, I don't necessarily think he would get booed out of the place, but I do not think the response would move the needle really in either direction. He probably would, for the most part, go unnoticed. So point is, if this fanfare is any indication of Trump's popularity, if we have a fair election in 2024, Donald Trump should win by a landslide. That's what I think. Uh, Let's see what someone else thinks. Let's bring in Amber Harding, OutKick contributor for her thoughts. There you are. Hi, Amber, how's it going? Happy belated Thanksgiving. Thank you, you too. You'll be happy to know I also had spaghetti on Thanksgiving day. Wait a second, where, is this a part of your like normal traditions or like Uh, where did this pasta dish come from?
1: We just decide, you know, we just decided that one time, at some point we decided we were going to stop pretending that we love turkey and we were just going to eat what we wanted to <laughs> eat. So, uh, I mean, this weekend has been full of all kinds of good stuff, seafood and pasta and steak. So it has been, it, I, have, I have eaten well and I'm going to be hitting the gym hard this week.
0: <laughs> you know, I'm convinced that there's a lot of people out there who aren't such big fans of turkey. Because here's the thing, Thanksgiving food, if done right, can be delicious but a lot of times it's very bland um, especially you know like it's just it's a lot of it's just a lot of bland things all put together on one plate. Um, so I'm convinced there's a lot of people who feel the same way that we do and they're just faking it uh, acting all excited for Thanksgiving but really they would also love the side of pasta or maybe some steak rather than the stuffing and the gravy and the turkey. Absolutely. just normalize eating whatever you want on Thanksgiving. Let's start that campaign for next year. I like that. Can we normalize eating whatever we want any day of the year? Is that something that we could do? Because, I mean, obviously, though, that would probably lead to some very packed gyms. Because like you just said, I also need to get into the gym today. It's been four days since I've worked out, and I've eaten nonstop. Uh, But something else we probably both have been doing nonstop is watching football. I mean, it was one of the biggest football weekends of the entire year. Amber, is there one game in particular that stuck out in your mind?
1: Uh, I had a lot of fun watching that Eagles and Bill's game last last night, or I guess it was yesterday afternoon and went into the night because it went into overtime. But uh, I thought that game was a whole lot of fun. It was exactly what it was what it was billed to be. No pun intended. um went to overtime, pouring rain the whole time. That's the second raining game that the Eagles have had to play in a in a row. So uh, I thought that game was was everything that uh, it was hyped up to be.
0: Yeah, I mean, Jalen Hurts looked incredible, I mean, at least there at the end. I mean, he, he scored five touchdowns total. Uh, that's a new career high for him, including that overtime winner uh, as they came back to beat Buffalo 37-34. to 34. What do you think this tells us about the Eagles? Or on, on the flip side, what does it tell us about the Bills?
1: Well, I'm, I think the Eagles, it shows us that they are for real. If you didn't know that already, they are for real. And they're, they find ways to win. They did it this week. They did it last week with Kansas City. Um, they're really finding ways to win. My fantasy team really enjoyed Jalen Hurts' performance yesterday. So thank you for that, Jalen. Um, and then the Bills, the Bills fans are, are going through it right now. I think they they fully expected, mm-hmm. especially after Aaron Rodgers went down, they fully expected to run away with the AFC East. And that's not what's happening right now. Um, the Dolphins are doing that. So uh, I think the Bills are gonna have to do some serious self-reflection. And um, they're not out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're still in the playoff hunt, but I, I know that their fans are
0: frustrated. Yeah, you know, it just kind of feels very suiting for the Bills. I mean, they always have such high expectations and they always perform up to a certain point. And then it's like they just start letting the mistakes get the best of them. And next thing you know, they're they're at home in January rather than, you know, still continuing their playoff run. Uh, So to me, this isn't also surprising. It just seems like really a continuation of what we've seen over the last few years.
1: Yep, exactly. Those uh, several consecutive Super Bowls that they went to and lost in the 90s. It's just like that karma follows them. um, And it has now for 30 years.
0: (laughs) Uh, And now uh, in terms of college football, um, were you checking out the Michigan-Ohio State game? Were you watching that Alabama game? Any college football on your mind, Amber? Oh, absolutely. The Michigan-Ohio State game. Fantastic.
1: Fantastic. Game it was so exciting. Um, I I don't know who I was cheering for. I'm not a fan of either team. I'm a Tennessee fan, so I have no dog <laughs> in the fight. Um, but I <laughs> but I wanted a good game, and we got it. So that was that was really exciting. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, the conference championships game championship games uh, this weekend, and then the Iron Bowl. That Iron Bowl was incredible. I was cheering against Alabama, um, so I was, I was super bummed at that muff pun at the end. But uh, we had some really good games this weekend. We were not disappointed.
0: Well, I mean, especially, you know, if you if you were cheering for Auburn and you were against Alabama, I mean, you probably in your mind thought they had it in the bag. I mean, the way that the game ended, probably one of the most improbable outcomes that you could have ever expected.
1: Yeah, I was I was already celebrating. I was prematurely celebrating. I will admit that the band was the band (laughs) was already on the field. Um, I was I was really excited about that. And then all my hopes and dreams came crashing down. So who knows? Maybe Alabama will beat Georgia and find a way to sneak into the college football playoff once again.
0: Yeah, it's like those fans, you know, when you're in the stadium and you're like, oh, I want to go get to my car to beat the traffic because you figure in your mind. Hey, this is this is all good. Like what a great note to end on. Let's go get the car. Let's go get home in time. And then next thing you know, you're out of the stadium already and you catch wind on like whether it be the internet or I don't know what how people, I guess people used to listen to little radios. That feels like something my dad would do. Um, you're like, "Wait a second, I just missed like the the greatest ending, probably not in terms of of who you were cheering for, but um yeah, you never want to leave early. That's always something that I've had instilled in me. You never want to leave the game early. Um, Okay, let's get back to Philadelphia, Amber, because uh, Eagles fans have been voted the most annoying fans in the NFL. The Cowboys fans came in second. Uh, But it was interesting because just right on the heels of this survey taking place, I actually just before the show was scrolling on social media and saw that Barstool had posted a video of some Bills fans approaching Eagles fans, or no, so, so I'm sorry, Bills players approaching Eagles fans in the stands. And they kind of got into a little confrontation, if you will. And the Bills player ended up shoving the guy in the stands, uh, which probably not the best move. But point is here is Eagles fans, they just know how to get under your skin. What is it about Eagles fans that make them so obnoxious?
1: Man, I I don't know, Um, but they they sure are, and it's and it only gets worse when they're winning, right? Because they have every reason to be obnoxious. If they're losing, you can temper them a little bit. But this poll was hilarious because they anonymously pulled it. The Athletic did it. They anonymously pulled eighty five NFL players and twenty five percent picked Philly as the most annoying, and then just under 25, like 24.7, picked the Cowboys. So Eagles and Cowboys fans hate each other. Turns out the rest of the league hates them too uh, because they picked out of all the teams, those two got half of the vote for the most annoying fan base. Uh, So I just thought it was funny that it wasn't even close. And actually in third was Buffalo. Um, You know, I mean, of course, their fans are famous for being crazy and jumping through tables. uh, But one of the players in the survey actually (laughs) a bills fan mooned them during a game. And, uh, that was, that was it for him. He decided that was the worst fan base.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, that would, that would probably turn me off a little bit, right? You're just like over here, enjoying your beer, trying to watch some football. And next thing you know, you look over, you're like, Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> Is it working?
0: Exactly. Yeah. that's uh, Um, that's anyways, nice. uh, let's also talk about Oh, oh, okay. We actually have one more person who's going to be joining us, Amber. Uh, we have Clay Harbour, uh, used to play in the NFL, so we will be able to shed a little bit more light on all of the things football. Clay, happy belated Thanksgiving.
2: Hey, can you guys hear me?
0: I can hear you, yes. Oh, things awesome. are working, yeah, they're the happening.
2: technical uh, difficulties earlier, but uh, great to be with you guys.
0: Yeah, you know, we were just, I was actually just talking about the post Thanksgiving hangover. I mean, it it exists, right? Like, uh, you just, everything's moving a little bit slower. It's harder to get into motion right after the holiday weekend. So, I mean, even your technology is feeling the same way, right? It didn't even want to cooperate with you this morning.
2: No, absolutely. And uh, I I know what that Thanksgiving hangover is like. Mine wasn't from uh, any alcohol or anything, but I ate enough food that would, uh, you know, kill a small individual. And you know, I'm going to the gym today and hopefully work, work all that off.
0: Well, that makes three of us. I think all of us are heading to the gym today. Um, okay, uh, I was just going to get into Clay. Uh, we had just discussed uh, Eagles fans, the most annoying in the league, uh, followed by the Cowboys fans uh, coming in right behind them, second most annoying. Uh, but something that we have to touch upon is something that also occurred in the Cowboys game this weekend as they completely crushed the commanders. Uh, Miss Dolly Parton coming out looking fantastic during halftime, Amber. I mean, 77 years old. And she was wearing little tiny shorts, a crop top, singing her heart out. I mean, I was totally here for that.
1: Yeah, it's almost not fair, right? Um, you know, she's famously said that there are three things that keep her young. Um, good lighting, good doctors, and good makeup. So um, I, she's she's killing it. And I hope that when I'm 77, I have enough money to look half as good as, as she does.
0: <laughs> I know. Out, outrageous. I mean, she just looked so, and everybody, I feel like she had a really strong praise from every, I, I mean, I saw very little criticism of her. I feel like, you know, you always get the people online who want to hate on, you know, women or even men, whatever, just hate on people for any reason that they can possibly find. But uh, I, the funniest thing that I actually saw was people comparing Dolly Parton to Madonna because Madonna, obviously, trying to look much younger than she actually is. She's only in her 60s, I think, and she looks, I mean, let's just be honest, Madonna looks horrible now. Uh, And Dolly Parton, uh, a good, maybe like 15 years older than she is, and she just, you know, even though you can tell she's been doing a little upkeep, which I'm also totally supportive of, uh, she's aging very gracefully, right? Which you respect, whereas Madonna is just like going, way too far overboard, like with the plastic surgery and like the raunchy photos. I don't know, Clay, uh, a guy's perspective way in here. Like, you know, how do you expect a woman to look at at this point in her life and who's doing it best?
2: I'll tell you guys this. When I was watching the game on the couch with my dad, I looked over and he was breathing a little heavy. So I think she's doing something right there. I was like, dad, are you okay over there, man? You know, my dad's in his mid sixties about to hit the 70 mark. And, he was he was checking her out. Dolly had him going a little bit. And to go back a segment here, the Eagles are only annoying because the Eagles are good right now. I was drafted the Philadelphia Eagles in the fourth round in 2009. I played with the Eagles for four years. The Eagles fans are the best fans in the NFL. Yeah, the opposing teams hate them, but when you're in Philly, when you are playing with the Eagles, they are the best fans. They are the loudest. They are going to get under the skin of the team you are playing with. These are the guys you want to play for. These fans aren't the Dallas Cowboy fans who are the front runners from around. These guys literally bleed green, in my opinion. Philadelphia Eagles fans, best fans in the NFL, best fan in in professional sports altogether. I'll play in Philly any day.
0: Okay, yeah. I mean, I could also agree with that because I feel like Every time I go to Philly, the fans are wild. Uh, They all, I mean, I remember going, and we'll get into a WWE segment later, when we would go for WWE. Like, that would always be, like, the craziest fan base um, that we would have. Um, And we would go to Philly several times a year as a result of them being so loyal. And, like, so, honestly, I have to say crazed. Philly fans are crazed. They're kind of maniacal. But, like, yeah. In a good they way, they threw
2: uh, they threw snowballs at Santa. I mean, you go back to the story, the history of the Eagles fans, but that's why you love them. These guys, it is in their DNA. They their families were Eagles fans, They're Eagles fans, and it is the one hundred percent, the purest form of fandom because you know how much they care. They weren't the the, the front runners. They're not the guys that you know, jumped on the bandwagon. And it is a great city to play for. When you start losing though, it's not fun. I had a four and 12 season in Philly and that wasn't fun. I'd be out eating dinner with my mom and my brother. People would be like, how are you out right now? I'd say, uh, you know, I do need to eat to survive, but overall I enjoyed playing with Philly and no question best fans in the league. Uh,
0: also great cities to play for. I would say New York and new England, uh, great franchises, but not, not so hot uh, this season. Uh, It's, it's getting to be a little worrisome on both ends, uh, but especially in new England, because the calls for Bill Belichick's job just keep on coming. Uh, Amber, what are you expecting to happen as this season, you know, we're already, we're entering week 13. Uh, The Patriots look horrible. Oh, we saw Mac Jones be getting benched this past game. It looks like Things are maybe coming to an end for him in New England, or at least they should be. Uh, With the Patriots getting worse and worse, it looks like their draft pick probably going up. Uh, Do you expect them to take a quarterback in the draft?
1: It's certainly possible. I mean, they need to figure something out. I just, I love that benching Mac Jones has become a weekly tradition. Like every week they're like, oh, he's going to be better. And then. At halftime, Bailey Zappi comes in. So it's become this weekly tradition. But, you know, a lot of people are calling for Belichick to to retire. Um, I think from what I have read, um, reports that I have read. Um, he is not going to be in New England next year. He's going somewhere else. Of course, I don't know that, um, but it wouldn't surprise me at all. Warren Sapp mm-hmm. was so hard on Bill Belichick this week. He basically said, you need to retire, hang it up. The game is over and the Patriot way is out the window. He said that the only reason Bill Belichick had that success is because of Tom Brady and he owes it. He owes it all to him. So he's uh, his seat is scorching hot right now.
2: I was actually a member of the New England Patriots as well. I know you guys are going to ask me, you know, is there a team that you didn't play for, Clay? You know, actually there were a couple. And it's funny you bring up the Warren Sapp story because I believe we do have a clip of that. And it's it's not not easy to watch here. You
3: know what, for so many years, you know, the, 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 the spygate, the cheating, the... The, the the snow with the players, you know, dig yourself out four in the morning. You gotta be here, you know. All the all the arrogant shit, drafting a rugby player with the with the third round pick, like he was gonna, you know, revolutionize draft picks again and everything. Tom Brady is the reason why you're Bill Belichick. Lawrence Taylor is the reason why you're Bill Belichick. Maybe the greatest football player on offense and maybe the greatest football player on defense to ever be in the National Football League. Bill, that's who you owe that to. All that Patriot-way shit is out the window. Ask Bill O'Brien. Ask Romeo Cornell. Ask Josh McDaniels. Ask any of them.
0: Oh, yeah, you were right. Not very easy to listen to. But, I mean, the man is not saying anything that I think a lot of people aren't thinking themselves
2: yeah, it's uh, it's tough because I played for New England. I was there in 2016, the year they ended up winning the Super Bowl. They beat Atlanta. Uh, they came down from that 28 to three victory, and I was a believer in in Bill Belichick in the Patriot way. And I think that he was a really good coach, but I feel like the game has evolved and he is trying to keep it a certain way when you can't. The rules have changed. The game has changed. You cannot still play a 2000 type of football game in 2023. He did not evolve with the game. The way he's calling plays, the way he's running his team, and his organization is still back in the 90s or the early 2000s. And obviously, you know, people say without Tom Brady, Bill Belichick would have been nothing. I think that they were a a pair that... You know, worked off each other. I mean, there it was synonymous, Brady and Belichick. And I don't think Brady wins those championships without Belichick. I don't think Belichick wins those championships without Brady. But the one thing that is clear now is Bill Belichick can no longer win football games. Watching the last game, whether it was Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, and you're playing against the New York Giants, who were an awful team with, with DeVito at the starting quarterback. Your former underling, Brian Dable, got the better of you. He got out-coached. And to me, there is no good ending for Bill Belichick in this. He needs to change his scenery. And, he, and he, honestly, he needs a change of strategy when it comes to football. Because the old way isn't working. He's going to have to evolve if he wants to be successful.
0: Uh, yeah. Talking about success, I feel like the Jets could have had success this season. Uh, unfortunately, Aaron Rodgers went down in the very first game of the season to everybody's dismay. Uh, he tore his Achilles at least that's what was reported. And that's what, I mean, at least I believe happened, but there is <laughs> someone who is not buying the story. And that is a columnist for the Indianapolis star. I actually know this man, his name is Greg Doyle. Uh, and I'm a little bit, listen, the, the guy always says, uh, like things that are pretty outlandish. So I'm not so surprised to be honest. Um, but he is saying that he's not buying the story that Rodgers actually tore his Achilles in the first place. Uh, this is what he said verbatim. Quote, as a born and raised Bears fan, I'm not an Aaron Rodgers fan at all, on or off the field, but the truth is he did tear his Achilles as you, oh, is this, is this, uh, is this Greg Doyle? Oh, uh, sorry, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have that on my shoe sheet, so let's, uh, uh anyways, point is, Okay, uh, and if I stand corrected, someday he hasn't earned the benefit of the doubt. Okay, um, so he put out a tweet basically saying that he didn't buy the story. Um, Amber, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you're on my side. I, th- I, I happen to believe just because he's having a faster than normal recovery time uh, doesn't mean that someone should doubt. The extent of his injury. I mean, right now we're seeing so many advances in rehab and uh, the different types of, you know, surgical procedures they can have that, that shorten the time that takes you to get back to the field. Who is Greg Doyle to say that he thinks this is all a made up story just because maybe, maybe it has something to do with him not agreeing so much with Aaron Rodgers politics and the things that he has said and done in the past.
1: Well, bingo. That's exactly it. Aaron Rodgers lives rent-free in a lot of people's heads, but especially in Greg Doyle's Last month, he wrote this scathing tirade about how Rogers was spreading misinformation. And then he attacked Pat McAfee for giving him the platform to do so. So for that reason, he doesn't believe for a second that Rogers actually tore his Achilles. He said he's a liar. But that's a weird take coming from somebody who says we aren't allowed to question doctors at all on their opinions of COVID. So, I mean, do we worship at the throne of modern medicine or do we not, Greg? I mean, make up your mind.
2: You know, I think yeah, that that's actually has a really good point. Well. Clay, what do you
0: think there?
2: Yeah, I think it has to do with that as well. And I, I appreciate Aaron Rodgers and how he handled that situation. I think, you know, for a lot of NFL players, it was a really tough time. And I have a lot of friends, obviously, I'm not going to name any names, that didn't want to be forced into anything like, you know, the vaccination or whatever. Don't want to get into that right now. But a lot of guys didn't want to do it and they felt like they had to. And I respected Aaron Rodgers for taking that media scrutiny, standing up for what he believes in, which what I think our values here are built on and really liked that he, that he was able to do that. And now I, yes, Aaron Rodgers towards, towards Achilles. I don't think it's a big conspiracy to make it look like he did and he's getting better fast. Like come on, it, it that doesn't make any sense, but, Amber, I know you are a big Dolphins fan, and to switch it up a little bit, that MetLife Stadium took down another victim, Jalen Phillips, big-time defender for your Dolphins, out for the year with an Achilles. How are you feeling?
1: Ah. It's That was tough. You know, my heart breaks for Jalen. He had he struggled with injuries in college and he uh, he actually did a, a temporary medical retirement in 2018 before he decided to go back to football. So I know that this is hitting him especially hard. Um, it's a huge bummer. I'm really glad that the Dolphins got the win. But, you know, what a price to pay in losing one of their best pass rushers. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers, one of the cool things there is that he actually reached out to Jalen Phillips after the game. Um, Mike McDaniel said that he reached out to show his support and however he could, whether that meant, you know, helping him kind of guide him in his physical rehab um, or just helping him with the mental toll of a season ending injury, because that's, you know, that's got to be tough, too. So I think it's really cool that he's kind of showing that solidarity but they're gonna have to do something with that turf at MetLife. I mean, I don't know how many people have to tear their Achilles uh, in order for this to stop falling on deaf ears.
0: Yeah, I (laughs) think that's a really good question because Clay, you played at MetLife, correct?
2: Yeah, that was, that's what I was about to say is I've played there several times. I don't know if you guys remember this play, but if you're an Eagles fan or a Giants fan, you probably remember Miracle in the Meadowlands Part 2 when uh, at the Eagles, my team that year, we ended up taking back. The, I was on the field for that punt return. We took it back uh, 65 yards, scored a touchdown, won the division on that play and, and had a blast. But what you what you don't hear is the guys after the game when you're when you're sore, you're banged up, you have a, a strained muscle, a pulled muscle here because you're playing all game on bad turf. I mean, that stuff is hard. It's outdated and as much money as the NFL is bringing in, we're talking of upwards of 15 billion, 15 billion dollars here. You got to take care of your players. You need the highest quality turf you can get Maybe turf, maybe grass, but whatever you got to do, you got to make a change because every player is talking about it. This stuff back in my day, I sound like a grandpa telling war stories here back in my day. Back in my day, this turf was bad and it's still bad. You have to make a change.
0: I feel like uh, you almost just got me into uh, what's that? Oh, the Michael Jackson song. Gonna make a change. Okay. Okay. Um, anyways, guys, I won't sing for you on this uh, Monday morning. <laughs> uh, let's sing things off the football field and talk about Conor McGregor's heated remarks this weekend. Uh, he was torching Ireland's prime minister uh, over their response to the Hamas's release of uh, a child hostage, uh, the former UFC champ called the Irish Prime Minister a absolute disgrace uh, after he used the terms lost and found to describe the abduction and release of nine-year-old Emily Hand. Uh, He tweeted out this, quote, she was abducted by an evil terrorist organization. What is it with you and your government and your paid-for media affiliates constantly downplaying, attempting to repress horrific acts that happen to children? You are a disgrace. Amber, this is pretty disgusting. I mean, to refer to a hostage a child hostage at that as lost and found? Like no, they were kidnapped by a terrorist organization. Uh, Where does your mind go when you hear these terms and think about how the world is treating such a horrific situation? You know, I never
1: thought we would be in the position where mass groups of people were defending terrorists, but that's where we are in 2023. And connor has been really outspoken about a lot of this, um, about about migration, um, about voting, um, violence in, in Ireland. He's been really outspoken. And, you know, for the last few years, he's hinted at a political career. And I think that this might be what actually pushes him over the edge. But the scary thing about Ireland is that they're actually getting ready to pass this legislation that would outlaw hate speech, right? Um, And just the possession of hate speech, not speech, not the posting, not the spreading, uh, not the promoting, anything. Just having a meme on your phone could be considered hate speech. And who decides what's hate speech, right? The people Mm -hmm. who are in power. So it's going to be like here in the U S where anything they don't agree with is labeled as misinformation over in Ireland. It's going to be rebranded as hate speech, except you could actually go to prison for it. So that's, that's really scary. And I know that, uh, that Connor's probably not going to back down regardless. Uh, but there's some authoritarian stuff going on over there.
0: Do you foresee any backlash coming Connor's way after being so vocal about his feelings surrounding the situation?
1: I did see on social media that they are investigating him for for this said hate speech. Um, I don't know how far that's going to go. This legislation hasn't passed yet, so we'll see. Um, but I could definitely see him him getting some backs back backsplash, back um, some backlash. You know, it's crazy because when I was looking up everything that happened with the the stabbing um, outside the school in Ireland, I kept seeing all these media outlets just branding Connor as a far right extremist. And, you know, every day we add things oh to the God. list of things that make us far-right extremists. But I never thought that stabbing or being against the stabbing of children would be a far-right ideal. Uh, but here we are. So,
0: <laughs> Well, apparently working out is also a far-right ideal. So all of you are far-right extremists, and I guess myself included, since we all plan on hitting the gym today. So uh, hey, if, if that's what it means... Cheers to that, right? Uh, Amber, thank you so much. You are fabulous. And uh, good luck in the gym today. Thank you. I'm going to need it. (laughs) Uh, I'm also going to need it.
2: Outkick the Morning we will be right back after a short break. Stay tuned.
0: Um, Okay, let's get into our final story of the day. Uh, CM Punk is back in the WWE. Nine years after being away, He emerged at Survivor Series this weekend. It was the best kept secret. Literally, I don't think anybody knew about it except the higher ups at WWE. He made his he made his return. Uh, The music hit. People were beside themselves, Clay. Uh, And this was also in his hometown of Chicago. So like you couldn't really ask for a cooler setup. Uh, I don't know. Did you see it? Did you see like the reactions on social media?
2: It's clobbering time. You know, that's CM Punk's tagline. I'm not sure, Charlie, yeah. if you're familiar with, with that. But I'm a little bit, you know, I'm not embarrassed to say that I, you know, I'm a guy that'll still dabble a little bit in the WWE. Back in my day when I was younger, used to be a huge yeah. fan. But I think this is big. Nine years away, obviously he was in a, a different form of wrestling at the All Elite Wrestling after that altercation he had with Jack Perry. But I, I think... Chip, Triple H needs to get this guy back in here. He's obviously still a huge name. Him and Randy Orton you know, with the with the duel right there. I thought it was really cool to see him back, and and the fans love this guy. So I'm all for it.
0: Well, it was really interesting because so I never overlapped with CM Punk when I was at WWE, but I know that there was some beef. There was beef in the locker room between him and some of the other guys at AEW. Uh, there was there was some beef like before he left WWE the first time around, and I, I think that beef still uh, is in existence. I know that like Seth Rollins, when he saw him, he completely lost it because a lot of of the wrestlers, they didn't know that he was coming back. So this was just as much a surprise to them as it was to fans. Uh, and I know that there were some different types of emotions. Uh, yeah, here's the video of Seth Rollins, like, really... Uh, he had, like, his middle fingers in the air. He was screaming, "F F.U. Uh, he was not happy to see CM Punk come back. So I wonder what the fallout will be in their locker room in the coming days now that he's been reestablished in WWE. It's going to be really interesting.
2: Yeah, I mean, that looked like me when... I had to be restrained when my my brother was taking the leftovers from my mom's house after Thanksgiving. but I mean, I mean, wasn't happy, Charlie wasn't happy at all. And I think that obviously there's some things that they're gonna have to work out. Not a lot of people want him there. But when you look at the reception he got, you look at everything on social media, all this news and and everything you get from, you gotta find a way to bring this guy back in the fold. The fans love him. The people love him. He is a big name. He's what the WWE needs right now. So in my opinion, find a way to get this guy back in here. You know, I'm a 37-year-old man. I still like watching this guy. He's a great entertainer.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it'll be really fun to see how this all unfolds and um, what this, I guess, you know, new beginning in the WWE, means for CM Punk. Uh, but like you said, I know fans are super stoked, so uh, it'll be fun to see. Uh, Clay, thank you so much. Thank you to everyone out there who spent the time watching this morning. Uh, like I said, I know everyone's moving a little bit slower on this Monday post-Thanksgiving. But hopefully you take a cue from myself, Amber, Clay. It's, it's a good day to hit the gym. I'll work off just a couple of those calories uh, if you can find it in you uh, to have that motivation. Uh, but there is one thing that I would ask all of you to do uh, because we are going to be making a little bit of a transition here on Outkick the Morning in the coming weeks. Uh, so if you want to make sure you don't miss a moment of Outkick the Morning, make sure to tune in for our live show and catch up on anything you might have missed on Outkick.com. That's where we are trying to direct all people. Um, instead of just coming to YouTube, uh, you can catch a show on Outkick.com. And that is your one-stop shop for all things Outkick the Morning. But in the meantime, here on YouTube, uh, you can definitely sign up for the alerts. You can hit the subscribe button. You can like, you can comment, uh, and you can follow along on social media. So with that being said, everybody, have a wonderful Monday. If the gym is in your future, God bless. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow.